This is Bragging Rights, a show all about college football, where the conversations are lively, the topics are trivial, and the hosts are semi-knowledgeable. And now, here are your hosts, Madison and Pierce. Welcome into another edition of Bragging Rights, wrapping up the bowl previews, including the playoffs. Pierce and I have a little bit of a trip planned here to meet the family, go, go ski a little bit. So we will not be here to do daily bowl updates. So we're just going to go ahead and wrap up the last, I think there's like eight games now after the cancellation of Arkansas and TCU, um, which I know is probably a bummer to Pierce, but uh, we're going to wrap that up and uh, then we'll be, we'll recap it all when we get back from our trip. So super excited here as we're heading down the home stretch. Very sad to see the last little bit of college football getting played. Um, but already looking forward to the 2021 season. Before we get into previewing these bowls we have left, let me introduce my co-host. I'm Madison, and I'm joined, as always, by my brother, Pierce. Pierce, how are you? I'm grand. I'm just grand. I'm uh, I'm obviously looking forward to this trip coming up. Uh, so end of the work week, a short one. Uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm in good spirits. How could I not be? And so far, so good in this... Uh, uh, Spoiler alert, obviously I won't be spoiling anything. We're, we're recording this a day before um, y'all will be listening to it, but Oklahoma State's already up 14-0, so knock on wood that they can continue to, to, to play well and, and get that win for me. Well, I have been doing terribly so far in the bowl season. I don't think it's even possible for me to uh, catch up, but we're going to we're gonna see. We're going to see what I can do here. Um, I, I'm starting to kind of know these teams more, so I get I feel like I can get a better vibe. But 2020 is a weird year anyways. There's an asterisk next to this year anyways, so hey, what can I say? Just because you won doesn't mean you actually won. That's how I feel about that. Yeah, I mean, hey, I uh, you'll, you'll see. I, I'm going to kind of, despite knowing these teams uh, and, and kind of siding with one and not really backing into the other, I'm going to flip-flop uh, and... And you'll you'll see. I'm it's it's again. Maybe I'm overreading these teams because I, I know a little bit more about them. Um, but I, I'm excited to get in. I think I've got some good stuff for y'all. Um, I don't know if there's a quick way to find out who has opted out. I'm just trying to see really quick before we get into this if you've got anything that you've been just reading or if there's like a good opt out tracker that's updated. I don't. I don't have anything. Um, that's why it's been so nice to do these, you know, one-offs and these quick ones, uh, for, you know, each night for the, uh, for our pod, because it's given me the chance to, to see who's going to be missing, you know, even up until, you know, 24 hours before, um, regardless, I'm not, I'm not digging into it too much. You know, if there are, if there's a, if there's a team that really has one player, that's kind of their do it all guy, like a quarterback, it's going to be, it's going to affect them. Uh, no doubt. Obviously, you can lose a handful of guys and and be fine. You can obviously lose a handful of guys and uh, be in trouble. I'm kind of just playing it simple in in my outlook. I'm taking into account the the opt outs. However, it's not my end all be all unless it's a, it's one of their you know utmost stars. Sure. Okay. Well, I actually did find one, so that's good. Uh, action looks like action.com, something like that. But uh, I'll announce it to your point. If there's somebody big, but. Uh... Uh, I don't think we have anybody that's well 
There's going to be a lot for Georgia. I'll put it that way. Very sad. Added one today too, Ben Cleveland. So, whew. Um, well, let's jump in here, Pierce. Let's talk about the games. This is starting on the 31st, and then we will go through the second. Those are the remaining bowls that we know of. Obviously, there'll be a national championship to be played down the road, but it'll get its own podcast. Um, the Tulsa Golden Hurricane and the Mississippi State Bulldogs in the Lockheed Martin Armed Forces Bowl. That game is on the 31st at 11 a.m. God's time. The Mississippi State Bulldogs have looked better down the stretch, but it's not enough for them to be a favorite over Tulsa, who had a good year. They finished the year 6-2. and two. Tulsa is a two-and-a-half-point favorite at the time of this recording. I believe the line opened at three, so it has moved a little bit in the favor of Mississippi State. The question is whether or not you think it's enough uh, to, to think that Mississippi State could potentially cover slash... Uh, you know, maybe they went out right. I don't know. Uh, I am seeing one opt out for Mississippi State safety Marcus Murphy and Tulsa has none reported at the time of this recording. Listen, Mississippi State's had a little bit of a Jekyll and Hyde situation. They've looked okay at some points. Obviously, they came out and had a big splash to start the season when they took down LSU. They might want to take back the, the whole like jumping on the bandwagon pirate ship covered wag whatever they did with Mike Leach and they they just have looked terrible ever since then um they've only had three wins and they haven't necessarily been convincing when they have one Tulsa on the other hand this is a big time game for them this is a it not to the same extent as a Cincinnati um but this is kind of a little bit of a our championship type of situation um and Tulsa's been really good against the spread two and a half is not enough points for me to think that Mississippi State can cover this I'm taking the golden hurricane in this one um and and I think that the the hurt keeps on uh, hitting for the Bulldogs from Starkville. Uh, this is a, this is a complete. Um, I I'm, I'm at a loss for words at, at, for this game because here's here's how I look at it. I, I want to back Tulsa so bad. However, this is a Mississippi State team, and and the way that they you know they've improved throughout the year. Yes, they've been a little bit of a Jekyll and Hyde situation, but they've they've improved, and and really since the Georgia game, they've been playing some decent football. I. Because they're not going to have too many opt outs, most of those guys, you know, they kind of had opt outs throughout the season. Um, they're they're going to be playing at pretty much full strength, and they've got a lot to to be excited about moving forward. This is a big building block game for Mississippi State. Uh, it makes me want to pick them. I can't do it in this spot. I think it's going to be close. Uh, certainly, Mississippi State could go out there and play well. This comes down to Tulsa's uh, defense. Tulsa ought to be able to keep Mississippi State down. And when Mississippi State has has been in these, nah, for lack of a better uh, phrase, rock fights, they don't tend to do so well. Um, they tend to do better when they can you know, really put up 40-plus points on a team. I, I trust Tulsa a little mo- bit more. They've been good against the spread for me all year. So I'm going to go Tulsa minus the two and a half, correct? Two and a half? Two and a half, yep. Cool. Tulsa minus two and a half. Next up at 1 o'clock God's time on CBS on the 31st is the Offer Pad Arizona Bowl between the uh, MAC champion Ball State Cardinals and the Mountain West champion San Jose State Spartans. Um, San Jose has not dropped a game yet this season. They are 7-0. Ball State is sitting at 6-1. and uh, Both of these offenses are more than competent. It's just that San Jose has a better defense. The question is, are they going to be able to play good enough ball to cover the nine and a half point spread? Um, that's a, a pretty sizable spread for a bowl game where I don't really know enough about both of these teams. 
I think San Jose is better. I think San Jose gets the win. I think Ball State can keep it close. Nine and a half is a lot when I don't know a team. Um, I, I like I said, I think San Jose is better, and I think that ultimately their defense, their you know bend don't break, that's going to work in their favor. But I think that Ball State's going to be able to move the ball a little bit more than maybe some of the other opponents that they've faced. And I do think this is more of a shootout style. Uh, and in that case, if it's a shootout, I can't take a ten point spread. So I'm going to take the nine and a half uh, and the Ball State Cardinals in this game. Boy, a toss-up here. Uh, you're right. In these games that not as much is known about either team, or you maybe not tune in. You may know what they've been doing, but not tune in and really know the personnel. It's this. It's a toss-up game here. Also, throw in the fact that it's nine and a half point spread is also very scary. When in doubt, take the points. I'm gonna ride San Jose State here. I I I know it sounds crazy. I'm looking for a little bit of a of a letdown here from the shocker that Ball State had against Buffalo. Uh, in the MAC championship game, I think they'll fall a little bit flat in this game. And I like San Jose State. All they've done is just win and win pretty easy all year. They've they're, they've been perfect against the spread. It's a it's a tall task. This is one of their <laughs> one of their larger spreads to have to cover of the season. I like it. I think this team is primed and ready to go. And you've seen some of these Mountain West schools, uh, you know, really really perform in big bowl games or in big spots when when the pressure's on them. So I like San Jose State here. Uh, minus the nine and a half. Okay. Uh, that's a lot. Wow. I'll be interested to see what happens in that one. So far, we are differing on two of our picks. Let's see if that momentum continues. The AutoZone Liberty Bowl between the West Virginia Mountaineers and the Army Black Knights. Army will be picking up seven points in that one. That game is uh, on the 31st at three o'clock God's time. Um, Army, if you haven't watched Army football, triple option, really boring. Takes a lot of time of possession. Um, that's going to bode well for them. The problem is, is how fast do we think West Virginia is going to score when they have the ball? Uh, this Army defense is good, but their their offense is not going to be able to keep up if West Virginia is going to sc- score early and often. That's really going to tire out their defense. Um I think that there's a little bit of the emotional play for Army. Uh, you know, it's not that they were disrespected per se. They had a bowl that got it got canceled or couldn't find a suit. Somebody who had uh, whatever. Anyways, point is Army wasn't even sure they were going to be able to play a bowl for a bit. They obviously uh, ultimately found West Virginia. My my head says take West Virginia, you idiot. My heart says take Army. Um, I think, unfortunately for Army, it's a great story, and they're pretty good against the spread, but I'm going to take West Virginia in this one. I think West Virginia has just got the better offense, and I think that's going to help them. Like I said earlier, it's going to tire out the Army defense. They're going to have to see a lot of the field, uh, and and they're not playing these uh, service academies who also play triple option. They're going to play a team who is going to move the ball on them, and they're going to need to be able to keep up, and I don't think they can do that um, a la the triple option. So I'm going to take West Virginia minus the seven in this one, Pierce. This game scares me. West Virginia really disappointed me towards the end of the year, and and Army kind of came on. Now I, I know they said I say came on. They, you know, they didn't really win too convincingly in their final couple games. When the, uh, in my opinion, the talent dropped for them. Um, so interesting to kind of read between the tea leaves there. I, I lean, I lean with you though. How can you not go against West Virginia in this game? I don't know how Army is going to be able to get... Okay, I take that back. This could be one of those fluky games where a team's just not really ready to, to play a triple option, obviously with a little bit less practice time, um, given the situation with this bowl game. Usually, though, you see teams with a, bowl, with a chance to have maybe have a couple extra days 
to they 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 dominate these triple option teams. I could see in unless Army just goes down the field and you know can put up 28 30 points. I think that West Virginia is going to win this game and I think they keep Army down to about 17 21 and I think I think they get to 28 30. I should mention West Virginia does have an opt out Tony Fields. He led the Big 12 in tackles, so I don't know if that affects your pick at all. It doesn't affect mine ultimately. I think that they'll be able to handle it. Maybe it's a little bit uh more um of a not tenuous, but whatever. Maybe it's a little bit more sketchy of the, that covering, but I do think that uh, West Virginia ultimately still covers that. Uh, Caleb Huntley, the running back for Ball State, and none for San Jose State. So I didn't hit those. Uh, this next one, Pierce, has a ton of opt-outs, and we know it's very close to home. Uh, the Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl on January 1st at 11 a.m. God's time, and that's between the Georgia Bulldogs and the Cincinnati Bearcats. Uh, I'll just hit the list real quick. Nunford, Cincinnati uh, for Georgia. Linebacker Aziz Ojolari, who leads the team in sacks. Linebacker Monty Rice, the, who's tied for second in tackles. Uh, defensive back Eric Stokes, who's our interception leader. Right guard Ben Cleveland, who's our best offensive lineman. Uh, tight end Trey McKitty. Defensive back Mark Webb. Uh, defensive back DJ Daniel, Daniel, sorry, uh, and linebacker Jermaine Johnson, who is third in sacks uh, and will be transferring, not opting out. Um, you didn't say Tyson Campbell, though, right? No Tyson Campbell. Tyson Campbell uh, will be playing. We are getting LeCount back, supposedly. Who knows uh, what his health looks like? Um, but that's still a lot of people, Pierce. That I sketches read something me out. recently that Aziz actually is playing. He's listed right here on this. I think that that's not official that he is or isn't. I don't believe people anticipate him playing. Okay, interesting. Because because Kirby came out and actually in his press conference and blasted one of the uh, reporters for for reporting that he was going to be opt yeah. out and and he said he is not op- he has not opted out. He, yeah, I, I don't. So I don't know. I lean towards it's I fluid. don't think it's happening. Yeah, I think that might have been Kirby being frustrated. And and to be fair, it's all anybody can talk about. And I think it was kind of like a stop the bleeding, like Trump tweeted on election night when it was clear he was losing stop the count i think that's kind of the the kirby tactic was like stop the count um more so than hey y'all he's told me 100 percent he's in because he didn't come out and say he's 100 percent. it's just that we haven't heard it's just, it was like he, there's no official that he's out so why are you reporting that so who knows i have him listed as out maybe he plays hopefully he plays that'd be fun to see um I don't think I've listed the odds here yet. Cincinnati is a seven-point dog in this one. Cincinnati, the team that really thought that they should have been in the playoff uh, discussion more so than they were, definitely think they should have uh, got a spot over, uh, you know, a Notre Dame um, or an Ohio State who didn't play a full amount of games. So there's going to be a little bit of the we-want-to-prove-ourselves situation for Cincinnati, a good Cincinnati team who uh, is very comparable to the dogs in a lot of ways, a, a Good defense and a, a better offense. Desmond Ritter is a pretty good uh, back or back <laughs> quarterback for them. Um, and granted, some of the stats I'm looking at for Georgia were prior to JT Daniels, so I would uh, be interested to see how that skews. Now I don't have that full breakdown pre and post. Um, that being said, Pierce, too many opt outs for Georgia. No motivation in this one. Cincinnati is going to come out guns a blazing i do think georgia wins this one late pierce i just think it's by like a field goal and not a full touchdown seven's a lot i'd love to have more of like a seven and a half to have that hook to really feel comfortable uh, that being said i'm taking cincinnati i don't think that they win like i said i think that ultimately georgia's able to pull it out um, and maybe there has been a little bit of a wake-up call and a culture shift since a very similar situation happened um with texas a few years ago a little bit different in that situation that's more comparable to like what's happening with florida right now that being said 
sketches me out with all of the opt-outs, and, and, and I just feel more comfortable taking Cincinnati in this one. So what's the new uh, what's what's the new term for for football that is uh, the end all be all? It is it's no longer defense win championships. It's offense wins championships. Who does Georgia lose on offense? They lose McKitty, who there are a couple other good freshman backups right there ready to play. And this is when you get those young guys that are starting to blossom into sophomores and, and play with a little more maturity um, and preparedness. Supposedly you get mental, Kendall Milton back. Exactly. And you do lose Ben Cleveland and that hurts. But, you know, you looked at what we you look at what Georgia was able to do against Baylor last year in the Sugar Bowl. They they literally lost, I, I believe, every lineman but Ben Cleveland. No, no. Every lineman but Trey Hill. Ben Cleveland didn't play either um, in that game. I believe it was uh, great, great issues or maybe he was hurt. Um, I, I just I. Because of that, I think this Georgia de- offense is going to be able to put up points. I know since his defense is very good, I've been tout, I've been saying they're fantastic all year. This is a major step up in uh, in class here that they are going to be facing. There are so many weapons that Georgia has. It ain't Bama, but Georgia has a ton of weapons at JT Daniels' exposure. What they really needed and lacked early in the season was someone to get them the ball. JT does it at a very high level. It will be interesting to see where our defense goes. Uh, obviously, if we're able to get LeCount back, that would be massive. Um, losing Stokes is probably the biggest one. We could we could probably, you know, patch up Monty Rice's position at linebacker, probably patch up Aziz's spot at outside. Mark Webb, obviously, and, and David Daniel, whatever. I mean, hey, good players, but not really going to skip a beat without them. If LeCount comes back, I think that'll shore things up. I think this is a higher scoring game. I think since he, uh, I think since he's going to put up some points, but I, I think this is just too, too big a step up in class for Cincy. And it's not like George isn't going to be able to go out there and score points with this offense. I think that's where people are kind of going, Oh my gosh, the opt outs are going to be so bad. It does scare me. Don't get me wrong. It scares me very much. So, I mean, heck, I remember when West Virginia played Georgia in that bowl game and absolutely destroyed them. Uh, it kind of feels like one of those spots with a proven uh, proven quarterback at the helm uh, and all the weapons he has. I think Georgia will be able to put up points and put up points in bunches, and I think they uh, they eventually get this cover um, late. Late, and if not late, I think they still win by 10, you know, midway through the fourth quarter and just kind of sit on it. So I like Georgia in this one. Uh, it's going to be very close to this number seven, uh, but ride with the dogs. All right. The Citrus Bowl, the VRBO Verbo. I don't know how you say that. Citrus Bowl between the Auburn Tigers and the Northwestern Wildcats. Northwestern is favored by three points. Obviously, this will be our first time seeing Auburn without Gus Malzahn at the helm. Tank Bigsby tweeted out something kind of sketchy. People are thinking maybe he might be hitting the transfer portal, but he has not been announced as opting out or anything of that nature. Um, And we don't even know if that's actually happening. That's just speculation. Uh, They do have an opt out. Their defensive back, Devin Barrett. Northwestern has Greg Newsom, the second, their first team all Big Ten uh, cornerback. Wide receiver, Kyrick McGowan, second leading receiver and defensive lineman Iku Liotta, who is the sack leader. Uh, so Northwestern is going to lose a fair amount of uh, firepower or firepower, uh, 
well, I guess more so defensively, I should say. Uh, that being said, uh, you got to ask your question, yourself if Auburn really has what it takes to get anything done against Northwestern. Obviously, they don't have their coach at the helm. They had a very bizarre uh, coaching search happening. I don't know how much that divided the locker room um, or how that's going to result in the coaches. Maybe they were a little bit distracted by something like that. Um, I'm going to roll with Northwestern in this one, Pierce. I think that Auburn... Auburn is not, they have needed to have a little bit of magic happen. And this spread is close enough that I feel comfortable taking Northwestern. Um, The Auburn defense is not good. They should be able to stop Northwestern a little bit because they've they've really struggled on offense. That being said, um, I just don't see Bo Nix really being able to get anything done. Like I said, lots, lots of distraction for that young man. Who knows what's happening with Tank Bigsby? Maybe he's not even playing. Who knows? Um, so I'm going to take Northwestern this one. I think they're fired up. I think that they're excited to be on that stage uh, and, and play an Auburn team. And uh, they're they're fired up. We saw it with uh, you know the way that they played in the Big Ten Championship. They you know they gave Ohio State a run for their money in the sense that Ohio State really kind of was more exposed. Um, I didn't mention that game is at uh, 12 God's Time over on ABC there on the first. So I'm going to take Northwestern. Uh, I'm interested to see what you do with this one. This was one of the spots that I, I when I when the bowls came out and I looked at them right off the bat, there was this one along with one other stood out as, oh, upset right here. This is the upset. I'm going with Auburn all day. Then everything transpired over the last couple of weeks that you hit on with the coaching search. And then I really started to think about it. Boy, Northwestern, I just don't see Auburn being able to put up many points at all. I, I, I think I was down on, when I at first glance was down on Northwestern, maybe more so I was just high on Auburn maybe coming in and being able to put up some points on them. Uh, and, and I was really down on Northwestern's offense. It's terrible. It's not like Auburn's defense is that special. Um, and, and I don't think with, with some of these concerns, uh, with tank Bigsby, if he doesn't play, I don't think Bo Nix can go out there and just win by himself. Uh, so, so give me Northwestern here all day. I think, uh, think had, had, had it been, had Malzahn still been there, you know, I I don't know. And all this, all the craziness had not gone on. I, I think I'd be on Auburn here. Uh, but give me the more sure handed team in Northwestern to get this one done. And what's a small line. Let's talk about the Outback Bowl, Pierce. We're going to skip over the playoff games and go back to those at the end. Um, Let's end on a high note. We're not going to end with uh, Oregon and Iowa State. The Outback Bowl, Pierce, between the Ole Miss Rebels and the Indiana Hoosiers. That game is at 1130 God's time on the second on ABC. The line is set at Ole Miss plus eight. Uh, Ole Miss has a high-flying, fantastic offense. Um, Lane Kiffin, I think, is one of the best minds in college football. The fact that he was, he's been the, that he has the, he had his team poised to beat Bama. That's something no other team in this country has done slash potentially can do. Um, So that's really good on him. Uh, And he found some diamond in the rough with Matt Corral and everything. Indiana, of course, had a Cinderella-type season they are sitting at 6-1 and one with their only loss coming to Ohio State. Uh, that being said, I don't think the Big Ten's that good, and the teams they played aren't necessarily teams that I would put up against a lot of teams. Um, I'm going to take Ole Miss in this one. I think Ole Miss, um, even though they don't have Elijah Moore uh, or their tight end, Kenny Yeboah, I think I'm saying that right, 
Uh, ooh, I'm actually, wait, I'm looking at this. Hold on. Also, leading rusher and return man, running back, Jerrion Ely and Braylon Sanders were injured. I don't know if they'll have them back. I'm still going to go Ole Miss in this one. You know what? I think that it's a great story with Indiana and Tom Allen, but I think this is a little bit of a exposed type situation. I think Ole Miss is able to score early and often, and Lane Kiffin loves to be pedal to the metal, and he's going to want to show Tom Allen what's up uh, and, and really what SEC football is all about. I think that Ole Miss plays some really... Uh, hard teams versus Indiana playing some really weak teams. And I think that that's going to be, we're going to see a little bit of an exposing there happen in the Outback. And also I got to root for the SEC team because I want a free bloom and onion. None of this coconut shrimp crap. There you go. That's yeah. a good reason. So I'm taking Ole Miss plus the eight. It's the one. best reasoning you've had all bowl season. Okay, funny. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I, 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 I lean some different ways than you and some of your thinking. Uh, I don't know if, you know, as poor as Indiana's offense has been all year, especially now that, uh, gosh, is it Penix? Mm-hmm. I, I, I wanted yeah, to say, is yeah, out. that's another good point. I don't know why I always want to say Phoenix for some reason. Um, but now that, Pen- you know, with Penix out, they really can't do much. If this were a closer spread of, you know, two, three, I could, I could side with Indiana. Cause I do think they'll play good defense. I think Ole Miss might have a little bit tougher time than, than, most, especially with some of those opt outs, uh, especially at wide receiver. That's what scares me the most with uh, um, with Elijah Moore, obviously uh, opting out as well. But I got to go with the eight points. I got to go Ole Miss just off principle. And, and that's and because I could I could see I could see this being a close game. And, and you know, Indiana may even win this game. I just the eight points. I don't think it's going to be an eight point game if Indiana does win. So. Give me Ole Miss. Matt Corral will be able to put up enough points to uh, cover this mes- this bigger spread. Uh, this game, actually, the next game we're about to talk about actually happens at 11 a.m. Uh, God's time, and that is the Tax Slayer Gator Bowl between the NC State Wolfpack and the Kentucky Wildcats. Um, the point, or the spread, I should say, is minus two and a half in favor of Kentucky. So the Wolfpack will be picking up that, those two and a half points, um, which to me, when I see that kind of a spread, I go, okay, this isn't quite a pick em, but it kind of is to me a little bit. Kentucky's been wolf bad on offense this year, um, and their defense uh, isn't necessarily great either. Now, the same can be said for NC State, but they have a better offense. I really trust Bailey Hawkman more than I do Terry Wilson, and I think that NC State's going to be able to move the ball just fine against this Kentucky team, and I don't think Kentucky can keep up. I'm going to take NC State plus the two and a half. I feel comfortable doing that. I think they probably even win this one potentially outright, Pierce. Um, I just, Kentucky's not shown me anything to think, yeah, they can get it done versus an NC State team that's been decent this year. They're at, they're at eight and three um, and, and you know, certainly could have had a couple that if they had, if they, if they could play over again, I think they might actually be on the winning side of. So I'm going to take the Wolfpack in this one and I want to hear what you have to say. I'm sorry, Jeff Prifty. I had to do it. So you, you did confirm Hawkman will be back. Hawkman will be back. Uh, easy pick. To the best it, of my knowledge. I'm not seeing anything on my weird tracker that I'm I'm looking at. Um, so sh- certainly if it was an injury or something like that, I think it would be on here. But I don't I don't have that 100% confirmed. This is an easy pick for me, and it's NC State all day. I, I don't know how – I mean, unless it's, it's kind of like a triple option offense, unless Kentucky's able to – hit three or four explosive runs and really control the clock. Otherwise, I don't see how they can put up enough points. I like NC State with Hawkman. That's obviously the key. If you if he is indeed coming back, then I'm riding with the Wolfpack all day. I think they win this by 10 points. I, I think it's I, – I really don't know if it will ever be in doubt because I just don't think there's enough of a 
that scare factor from the quarterback of the Wildcats, whoever that is. I assume it'll be uh, Wilson, but it could be Gatewood. Um, I don't know. I, I just don't know if I can trust either of those guys to put up uh, to put up too many points. And and listen, NC State's defense has been better than what um, when what than what you normally think. I mean, obviously it was Georgia Tech, but they put up some points on people. They last game of the season only could score thirteen on NC State. Did have that uh, hiccup against Syracuse where they did give up 29. Held Liberty to 14 points. Liberty has a good offense. Um, so I, I like NC State in this game, especially with Hockman coming back to re-energize this program, who the last few games were struggling to score many points. They were really relying on that defense to get it done. But give me the Wolfpack in this one uh, to win outright. The PlayStation Fiesta Bowl on the 2nd of January at 3 o'clock God's time between the Oregon Ducks. You say God's time for everything? Yeah. Why? It's central time. Oh my central gosh, time okay. is God's time. Right. I stole that. I'm not going to lie. I stole that from somebody, but I think it's funny. I started to realize I was like, central time you keep is the saying best God's time, time. And I was like, maybe it's because most people go to church at 11 or 12 on Sunday. We've kind like, of addressed this already. You kept no, bouncing no. around. I'm like, what the hell is she talking God's about? God's time. Central okay. time, okay. the best time zone. Sorry, oh, it is. It, that, it's the best enough. time zone. I mean, we get the little bit of the short end of the straw because we live on the t- the front end of it, as opposed to the tail end of Eastern time. But it means the games are happening at seven, not eight. It means that. Uh, well, that's the biggest reason. I actually can't think of another reason. That's the best reason right there. And you can't do the Pac-12 because then you got to be up at nine a.m. Yeah, you can't start tailgating at five a.m. It all it all boils down to uh to to sports. Yeah, God's the, time. The Monday night football doesn't come on too late. It doesn't come on at eight thirty. It comes on at right. seven twenty. So you're done at ten fifteen. Yeah, yeah. So I'm with you there. I okay. could make an argument for maybe Mountain. The only thing is, I'd like to be more towards the tail end of of Central Time because then it would keep lighter longer. Yeah, like if you're in yeah. Texas, you keep lighter longer than in Tennessee. We're like Nashville's like right on the front end yeah. of Central Time. That's like Chattanooga. Um, it's on the very western side of the eastern time zone and in the summer it stays light till like 9 nine fifteen. i went to atlanta to visit a friend this this summer and it was like 9 p.m we're sitting out at a patio socially distanced uh eating and i would look i was like dang it's it's early and i look up the time and it's nine eight nine o'clock in the, at, at night and i was like damn in nashville it's dark already so that part not god's time but otherwise all coming down to sports god's time so that's why i say that for you guys behind the uh, little peek behind the curtain. Uh, well, let's get back to this. The PlayStation Fiesta Bowl between the Oregon Ducks and the Iowa State Cyclones. Uh, both of these teams, Oregon, I should say, coming off of a win in the Pac-12 championship, Iowa State lost to Oklahoma in a close one. Uh, Oregon is picking up four points. Listen, you can argue the merits of them winning the Pac-12. They did get it done. Good for them. They shouldn't have even been there. The only reason they were in the Pac-12 championship was due to Washington not having uh, enough players to field a team. That being said, they did impress versus USC, but that was really USC's first test. So I don't really know what to make of the Ducks here, Pierce. On the other flip side, I've seen way more from Iowa State, and I really like what I see. I think that they're going to be looking to come out for blood. um, And I think that they're going to be able to really move the ball against this Oregon team. That's not been good on defense and on offense. They haven't been super impressive either, especially uh, at quarterback. I don't really have faith in the young guy there. So I'm going to take Brock Purdy, the experience and the Iowa state cyclones in this one. I think minus four points gets it done. Iowa state in a big one. Any opt outs? Neither from neither team has any opt outs in this one. As of right now, a recording of this on Tuesday, December 29th, no opt outs. I'm I'm kind of surprised to hear that mainly from Iowa State's side. I, I would have expected usually when you see teams have a better than expected year, 
you 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 ultimately see guys leave, um, especially at a program like Iowa State, you know, where it's not it's not you 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 know might only have a season like this once every five years. Um, I got to go Iowa State here. It scares the hell out of me. I really wanted to take Oregon. As long as Iowa State is playing with their full allotment of players and their starters, uh, I, I got to go with Iowa State. I, I am a little worried that maybe the, the guys come out and just don't really care. It's like, whatever. We had a chance to make a big splash beating Oklahoma. We failed to do it. That part scares me. Uh, as long as those starters play, though, I feel comfortable enough that, that this small of a number going with Iowa State. If Purdy or Brees Hall were to opt out, I'd, I'd flip that pick real quick. Oh, absolutely. So, But give me the Cyclones. It, it's an uneasy pick for me. Probably the most uneasy one we've done tonight. Uh, but I've... I've I like what the Cyclones bring to the table here. Um, I think they're they're clearly the better team. The last non-playoff bowl match is the Capital One Orange Bowl on the second at seven o'clock God's time, and it's between the Texas A&M Aggies and the North Carolina Tar Heels. This one is a sneaky, sneaky fun one. I will say a little bit of the intrigue has been lost, Pierce, as North Carolina has their leading receiver Diami Brown, their leading rusher Michael Carter, and their leading linebacker who leads the team in tackles and sacks, Chaz Surratt all opting out for the draft. So that's going to be a little bit of a blow. None for Texas A&M at the moment as of December 29th. Who knows if that changes. Uh, the line is North Carolina plus seven and a half. Both these teams are okay against the spread. Both these teams can move the ball. Uh, the Texas A&M Aggies are better on defense, but I've been kind of critical of their secondary. Um, they're better against the run. Now, North Carolina doesn't have Michael Carter, so who knows really what happens there. Maybe that just means North Carolina is just like, we're just going to throw the ball. I well, don't they still know. have Javon Williams, right? Uh, yeah. Because they have two stud running backs. Okay, well, then never mind. They still have Williams. I'm not seeing him listed. Okay. So that that helps. But it won't be a one-two punch. Um, That being said, I don't know a ton about the North Carolina receivers. Obviously, not having your top one stinks. And it's not like it's Alabama where you just have, you know, you don't have Jalen Waddle. Guess what? You've got the best receiver in the nation, Devontae Smith, also on that team. Um, So that's a little bit of a blow for me. I think that this, the hard part about this is the hook of seven and a half. It was seven. I would take Texas A&M, but the seven and a half scares me um texas a&m i think is the opposite of the florida situation obviously texas a&m a&m felt like they should have been in conversation to be in the playoffs but they didn't have to play in the sec championship in florida like we talked about last night uh with florida coming off the sec championship and a loss and feeling like well but we should still get in that feels like a demotivation versus hey we got left out of the conversation we didn't even get a chance to prove ourselves feels more like a motivation. Um, so I'm tempted to take Texas A&M. That being said, I think North Carolina has a, has just a, one of the best offenses in the country. I love Sam Howell. Uh, Kellen Mond, not at Kyle Field. I've talked about it all season long. Kellen Mond, not at Kyle Field, is not lights out as he should be when he's at Kyle Field. He looks great. When he's on the road, it's a little bit different story. So I think I'm going to take North Carolina because of that seven and a half point hook, but it would not shock me if Texas A&M came out and blew the doors off North Carolina because they just feel fired up. But ultimately, seven and a half, too much for a game like this uh, with North Carolina, even despite the opt-outs. I think that ultimately the Tar Heels keep it close. All right, love it. I'm uh, I'm opposite of you. That's what I was hoping. This uh, UNC has a heavy public side at the moment, and it's just going in favor. The line is going in favor of A and M. Obviously, far too early to really pinpoint that that sharp action yet. 
all that being said, though, it makes sense to me. Zero opt-outs from Texas A&M. What does worry me about the, the Aggies is the fact that they don't play an up-tempo style of offense. They they are ground and pound. They're really they're like Georgia, uh, you know, has been the last couple years. Um, you know, right on the cusp of making the SEC championship game or or getting there, but not quite being able to get it done because they're just they're just not dynamic enough on offense. It does. Uh, UNC does scare me. Obviously, they I do think they'll be able to put up some points. Uh, I just I, I think with some of these opt outs, that's going to be a key thing in this game. And you know, I think UNC's a, a an easy, sexy pick for for public perception out there. I, I don't know if they're quite ready to to step up and play with the big boys yet. Uh, you saw they they weren't ready to do it against Notre Dame. They weren't ready to do it. I don't think they played Clemson, did they? Mm, yeah, I think. Okay, I they're can't in, remember. They didn't divisions, never mind. So. Regardless, that Notre Dame was very telling to me. They're just not quite – Notre Dame's set up pretty similarly to Texas A&M. Those two programs, I think, they, they both have good defense and really try to rely on that. And then they run the ball, run the ball, run the ball, and the quarterback, you know – Makes plays when he has to, and and I think that's the mold of both of those teams. And I I don't think UNC's at the caliber of of either of those two teams. Um, so give me Texas A&M minus the seven and a half. I I hate that the the half is there. I would love this at six and a half or seven when it, when it first opened. But give me the Aggies uh, in this one. I do think they get this one done, and UNC uh, falls flat after what they thought would be a huge, huge, huge year. Let's talk about the last two games, the biggest two games of bowl season, and that is the playoff games. The first one is the Rose Bowl, which is actually going to be played in Arlington, Texas, due to COVID restrictions there in Pasadena, which is unfortunate because that's a fantastic place to see a football game. So these teams are going to be missing out on that, but it's not a big deal because you don't need any extra motivation for a playoff game. That game is on uh ESPN at 3 o'clock God's time on the 1st of January, and it is between the Notre Dame Fighting Irish and the Alabama Crimson Tide. Alabama, of course, off a dominant performance in the SEC Championship that saw them taking down the Florida Gators. Notre Dame, on the other hand, uh, was... Uh, embarrassed is putting it lightly exposed uh it was horrendous i don't know well you can throw out a bunch of adjectives there by the clemson tigers in the acc championship and that meant the spread for this one is massive 19 and a half points at the time of this podcast uh wow my logic in this one pierce says obviously you take the 19 and a half it's a playoff game but i know and i've seen enough of alabama games and now, obviously, Notre Dame, especially after last weekend, to go, I don't know if they can, if Notre Dame can keep up. It wouldn't shock me at all if Alabama came out, came out and won by 24 points. That wouldn't shock me at all. Uh, Alabama, of course, has the best, def- or the best offense in the nation. Their defense has gotten better. It looked pretty poor to start the season, uh, but it has gotten better over time i think i think jalen waddle's back i mean they've been, they've been teasing us with that you told me he was back in the sc championship they, game they and showed, I was... Devontae put on his story jalen like up without a brace and everything like that in the locker room and it made it see he still put like he's back or something like that now i don't know what that meant if he was just cleared for practice maybe they just felt like we don't need him we're not going to injure him further you certainly have had more time to rest here if he's gonna is he a senior no, no, he's not. And believe okay. it or not, so uh, you don't have any. He was a to play he was a no doubter to leave after this year. And apparently, and I'm hearing rumblings that because now. of the injury, he yeah. might come back. I would absolutely. Well, I, would. I don't who can you trust to have a quarterback put up four thousand yards and and whatnot and absolutely kill it. I mean, the tape out there, while it's small, 
I mean, go get your money now. Like, yeah, why but not? if you believe Alabama fans, Bryce Young is going to be something special. Yeah, but I, I mean, still, I, it's hard to think he'll be better than Mac Jones. I, I don't know where he's at in, in mock drafts. That's the only thing. But but you're right. The conversation prior to the injury was all Jalen Waddle, Jalen Waddle. And I don't think Devontae Smith wins the Heisman, and I think he's going to win the Heisman if Jalen Waddle's on the team. So... Not to say that he wouldn't get drafted. He'd get drafted, to your point. He's got enough tape out there, and enough conversation was happening about him. I just think I wouldn't be shocked to see him come back. And, of course, Saban's going to be working his magic. Not that it really matters, because Saban probably has another five-star ridiculous human athlete right behind him, ready to go. Who knows? Uh, the rich get richer in Tuscaloosa. Um <laughs> Like I said, though, Alabama's offense, real good. Defense has gotten better. Notre Dame plays more of a defensive style type of game, the bend-don't-break type defense. Offense has been decent, though. Uh, Ian Book, mainly the guy there that's, uh, you know, the shining moment there for the Fighting Irish. That being said, Pierce is listening to videos now uh, off podcast, supposedly. Um Clemson absolutely exposed Notre Dame uh, with Trevor Lawrence at the helm, and I think Mac Jones is just as good as Trevor Lawrence. Maybe not as much of a playmaker, but uh, you know, as far as like explosion, but he is a very good quarterback uh, and and could very much win the Heisman if it weren't for someone on his team who's who I think just is outshining him. Um, I think this is the dumbest pick I'm going to make this bowl season, but I think I'm going to take Alabama minus the 19 and a half. It feels dumb. I know I'm probably going to kick myself for this, but like I said, there's just nothing from Notre Dame that made me go, yeah, you know what? They're definitely going to keep it within 19 or 20 points of Alabama versus an Alabama team. Now, the only thing that I can think is, and this might, hold on, you might be seeing me process out loud here. The only thing I can think is if Saban, you know, gets ahead and then goes, all right, fine, whatever. Um, but I don't, I don't, I don't know if I see that. And Notre Dame's just not, it's not Florida. It's not Ole Miss. And the teams that have stayed close to Bama this year have been, explosive offensively. So I'm going to take Alabama and probably regret it immediately. Yeah, I can tell you right now, I'll most likely have my money on Notre Dame come game day in this one. Uh, but in this pick em, uh I, I got to go Alabama just out of principle. How can you not? You saw Notre Dame get blown out by Clemson in the rematch. And, and while it was only 34 to 10, it felt like it was 50 to nothing. I mean, it was it was much worse than the than the actual score, and and you hit the nail on the head. Alabama, the teams that that are able to cover, even though they are massive spreads, are the teams with a with a competent offense. And I just don't think Notre Dame's explosive enough to get it done. They're going to have to get to thirty to cut to to in my opinion to cover this spread, and I just don't think they can get it there. Um, I th- I see this being a 40, 42, 13 42-17 type of game uh, and the Crimson Tide coming out on top. Last but not least, the All-State Sugar Bowl down in New Orleans between the Ohio State Buckeyes and the Clemson Tigers. That game is at 7 o'clock at God's time on the 1st. Notre Dame, or not Notre Dame, sorry, Clemson, fresh off a win versus Notre Dame, uh, an embarrassment. And Ohio State would have lost the Big Ten Championship if it weren't for Trey Sermon. The point spread right now at the time of this recording is Clemson minus 7.5. I'm rolling with the Tigers. I think that they've got Trevor Lawrence back. I think that they're rolling. I think that this is a fine-tuning heading into the National Championship. Um, Dabo seems real pissed off about Ohio State. He's given them some bull- uh, bulletin board material. I don't think it matters in this one. And like I already said, the biggest factor for me is the fact that if Trey Sermon wasn't suited up in scarlet and gray, I think that's what they call their colors. Uh, if he wasn't suited up in Ohio State colors, 
that team loses in the Big Ten Championship versus a Northwestern team that's not good offensively. I think Clemson scores early and often, and I think that they put it away early versus the Buckeyes. I think these are two of the most lopsided matchups in the playoff era, uh, and the only way it would be even more lopsided is if Oklahoma was there. So uh, it's going to be two boring ones, but it's going to be a fun final between Alabama and Clemson. That's my uh, final prediction there. Uh, I'm going to be taking Clemson minus the seven and a half. Interesting. That's a bold, bold, uh, bold take that this is, uh, these two games are the worst, most lopsided playoff games. I think I'm on Ohio state here, seven and a half. This team is not from a talent perspective, not much worse. Hell, they might be just as good, if not a little bit better top to bottom than this Clemson team. Truth be told, what did they lose off last year? Certainly they lost some, some players, Akuda. Um, they, I mean, they did lose a plethora of, of guys, but they just replaced simple as that. And, and I think they'll have a very good game plan in place. I think you'll see, um, I don't think this offense is, you know, otherworldly. I don't think they're, uh, they're world beaters by any stretch of the imagination, which can you kind of hang your cap for an Ohio state saying, well, we can put up points with the best of them. Don't know if they have that this year. I, I think they were playing a little bit conservative in most of their games this year other than the Indiana game because obviously they had to score to win um, but in every other game they've just kind of been able to kind of sit on leads and while the fields has struggled and they really haven't had that go-to running back like a J.K. Dobbins who you can give it to 30 times a game and, and play action pass off that they're starting to get a little bit better on the ground and I, I just think the game plan they'll, they'll come out firing I think fields will have a better day um, I, I like this to be another close one like last year. I really do. I don't think these two teams are much different than last year. Give me Ohio State plus the seven and a half. I think Clemson probably pulls it out um, like last year. Very similar. That's kind of what I'm thinking. Uh, I think Ohio State covers this, and especially over the seven and a half, seven, uh, I'll take the Buckeyes to, to cover this in a close one. All right, that's going to do it for our bowl preview. We will be back here. I'm trying to think. We'll be back for the, the following Monday. Yeah, so Monday the 4th, we'll have an episode, or maybe it's the Tuesday the 5th morning. Uh, and we'll be talking about the national championship and just some of the high-level recapping of bowl season. We've obviously recapped uh, the early games as we uh, did our daily updates, but uh, going to get away for a little R&R, and uh, by virtue of that, we cannot do podcasts on the road. I guess we could, but I'm not lugging all that equipment out to Colorado, so sorry about it. Um, we'll be back, but in case we don't see you, just want to get this housekeeping out of the way, make sure you are following us on Instagram and Twitter. That's where we'll keep news opt-outs, bowl cancellations, things of that nature uh, on Instagram as well as Twitter. I've been doing polls over on Instagram every single day. If you disagree with our picks, if you want to sound off on how genius we are, do it over there. We want to know what you think about our picks and we want to hear what the people have to say about these games and who they have their money on. Uh, so bragging rights, that's bragging without the G. Uh, brag and pot, I should say, without the G um, on both Twitter and Instagram uh, throughout this the last few days of bowl season. And if you're not subscribed here, make sure you are so that when we are back, you don't miss an episode wherever you're already listening to podcasts. We're available wherever. Go get it. Uh, and, and just, you know, we appreciate you being along for the ride. That's going to do it, though, for this edition of Bragging Rights. Till next time, I'm Madison. And I'm Pierce. Stay blessed, y'all.